and welcome to the Passenger Seat Podcast, a podcast designed to fill your passenger seat with chat about classic cars, all recorded from my 1968 Morris Minor Peggy. I'm Becca and today I'm on my way to meet Lewis Farrow to take him for a ride in Peggy and have a little chat with him about his experiences also being a young owner of a Morris Minor. It'll be interesting to hear about some of the unusual experiences he's had as a young owner, as well as some of how he's taken his Morris Minor hobbies a little bit further, as well as uh, talking about the Peterborough branch of the Morris Minor Owners Club that he is currently, at the time of recording, um, in the early stages of resetting up, and hopefully by the time this is aired, uh, things have moved a little bit along a bit. classic car ownership for you today is what a small world it can often be uh, when you have a classic car. There's been a few occasions where people have said to me, oh you must know so and so because of your car um, and it's quite often been true. There's also been cases where I've been talking to somebody who owns a Morris Minor and they also own um, a singer or something and it turns out they can kind of remember my friends and family uh, from those events as well. So it really is quite a small world, you get to know a lot of people um, and it's very friendly in that regard because you often find that it doesn't matter where you are, um, there's always going to be someone to help you if anything does go wrong with your car. So definitely very grateful for that aspect. So we've successfully picked up Lewis from a Tesco's car park. <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Lewis. Thank you for having me. That's very welcome. How are you finding the back seat? Um, could, have, could do with a little bit more headroom. I'm more used to being in the front. But yes. I'm sort yeah. of feeling the back of my head sitting, sitting on the headline a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah, nice no, it's, it, it's unusual. I don't think I've ever sat in the back of a Morris Minor. Um, other than when I was very, very small. Um, <laughs> so I imagine it's quite an unusual feeling if you're not used to it. Um... So, uh, you are a fellow young owner of a Morris Minor. Uh, and you've had two Morris Minors. I've had, well, I've had two, if we're counting ones that have come to me in like complete state. I've, if we're counting scrap ones that I've had as well, I've had four. Okay, so uh, an average collector one might say. Either a collector or a nutcase. I've got, I think most people, especially my family and my girlfriend, would probably argue I'm a bit more of a nutcase than a collector. <laughs> so tell us about your first Morris Minor. Um, so my first Morris Minor was a 64 two-door, that yep. was Dove Grey and absolutely fell in love with the thing. I got it when I was 17, it was my first classic car. I just got a job and I was eager to do a restoration. Yeah. Got about two-thirds of the way through restoring it, I'd say. Um, had all the welding done, not by, by myself, but by someone else. And when it came to fitting all the uh, body panels and such we found that the because of the state the car was in when I um, 
when I first got it, after all the welding that had been done, the car had sagged in the middle and, well, we called it bananaed and basically nothing fitted. Yeah. That must have been so disappointing. It was really disappointing because I really wanted to see it through, but the cheapest I was actually closer to have everything realigned and straightened out was about £5,000, which at that point... (sighs) Wow. I'd already sunk about the same into the car, so it was kind of the case of, well, I'm never going to... It's never going to be worth that much. Yeah. And at the time, the money was much more of a priority, so unfortunately I sold the car off. Yeah. And, um, well, not much longer later, I then got the car which you know now, which is Agnes. Yes. And Agnes is the the star of her own Instagram as well, so... Getting getting a lot of love over there. So, what attracted you to the Mor- Morris Minor in the first place? Um, I'd always been attracted to them going to shows, purely because you'd see all sorts of different. Obviously, you've got the different standard types, but you see people modify them all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, a classic car, in essence, it's simple to work on anyway, comparison to a modern car. But Morris Minors, especially, are really easy to work on. Yeah, absolutely. And not necessarily got to worry about finding parts because you can buy parts new there's parts yeah. everywhere it's it's not like a it's not a limited production car so to speak so you can always find bits for them whether you know you're looking for something that's rather unique or you're looking for something that's a rather standard item there's always something that you can use really yeah and uh, there's a lot of flexibility with them in terms of yeah, being exactly. able to modify or change little bits and pieces like peggy with her gearbox yeah, exactly. and, and things like that so, you attended quite a few shows and stuff growing um, up, or...? I, growing up, I did attend a lot of shows with a family member. He's got a 1936 Rover P2, which is also what sort of got me into my classic cars. Yeah. And I grew up going around shows with him, with my grandparents, things like that, and just generally in that sort of scene. I wouldn't say... We went every weekend, but it was definitely something that we went to whenever we got the chance. And I've always, I've always said to my family, especially, that I've always preferred the idea of a classic car in terms of the interest and just more joyful to drive. But yeah, I've never had a as much as I'd love a classic as a daily. I've never had a classic as a daily purely because the route that I commute to to work and things like that, I just don't think it's very practical at the moment. Fingers crossed, maybe in the future, in, well, in the far future, maybe I'll have something that I can use as a baby that's a bit more reliable as well. And so, Agnes acts as kind of your second weekend car. Yeah, so at the moment, she acts very much as a more of a Sunday driver sort of out for a little jolly sort of car purely because she she's a gorgeous little car but she's befettled with little mechanical issues which I'm slowly working my way through the biggest one at the moment being the engine actually drops to very low oil pressure when it's running hot so she's limited to short drives at the most if anything at the moment but yeah she's due a well, at the time of recording this, she's due in a couple of weeks to get the engine dropped out. It was meant to be 
a week or so ago, but we decided, oh, we'll look through the engine a bit more to see if it's saveable, but it's just, it is cheaper to just replace the engine outright. So she's currently got the 948 in her? Yeah, so she's currently got a diddy little 948, which let's say lacks power to say the least. I mean, yeah. obviously you don't expect a classic car to go very fast anyway, but... I mean, a 948cc engine that's on its way out, you sort of top out around 35 miles an hour, and then yeah. you think you're gonna blow, it's going to blow out from under you. But, yeah, she's yeah. going from a 948 to a 1098, which I think is a sensible increase, and then hopefully she can keep up with modern traffic a bit better. Yeah. So then she can start going to further afield shows like, like Kelmarsh and things like that, and rather than being limited to what's local. But you've had her to a fair few shows this summer. Lately. Yeah, so she's been to, she went to Maxi, she went to one in Cubbit, which was, we'll say, we'll say rather than the show, we'll say that was a gathering. Yeah. <laughs> at most. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that one. There, was, there wasn't many cars No, there. it was. But yeah, she was the star because she made it in the newspaper. She did make it in the paper, but I'm not sure, I'll be honest, I'm not sure she made it in the paper because of how she looked. I think she more made it in the paper because she was the most local car there. Yeah. Because the uh, journalist came around and was like, oh, who's local? Where have you come from? And when I said I'd come from about 10 minutes away, I was like, all right, that'll, that'll do. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so that's how she sort of got in the paper. But no, it was nice to, it was nice to get her in the paper anyway, because it's just a little, I'll, I'll cut a clip out for it. And it's just a little something to have with the car, really. You know, it's, doesn't necessarily have to be in the paper because she's done something. I mean, it's just nice to see her in the in the paper and getting some recognition. You know, going yeah. to a charity show. And it was just nice to put the support out there, even if it was just a very small show. And that's that's the thing. You're trying to collect bits and pieces to go with her now because she didn't come with a lot of history, did she? No. So, and the ter- and the term I've u- I've kept using is beyond the early 2000s she's a bit of a ghost yeah i've tried tracking down information and i've been waiting to hear back from a archivist in portsmouth where she was apparently first registered yeah apparently. and beyond then though no history or anything whatsoever apart from a little dealership badge which i managed to track down well from the help of both yourself and some people in a Facebook group, I managed to track down to London. Yeah. But unfortunately, the dealership's long gone. It went into liquidation. There's nothing there, so I can't, you know, contact anyone. And no one seems to know anyone that worked there. Yeah. But I've at least tracked her down to being sold in London at some point for being first registered in Portsmouth. But that is all I know. Unfortunately... A couple of bits I was told by the previous owner, like she was registered with the owners club most of her life, was in fact a lie. I spoke to the owners club, she's never been registered prior to me. Yeah. So, ironically enough, the owners club turned to me and said, oh, you can contact your local branch owner, maybe they know something, but obviously I've started the Peterborough branch up and so I can't really contact myself and ask about the car. Yeah. Do you know where you bought her from? So is there a different branch there that might have known her? So I bought her from I. So oh, really bought, local as yeah, well. Yeah, so she was bought locally. So it's not as though, say for example, she was bought, I don't know, in Northamptonshire or something like that where I can then contact the branch and say, oh, yeah. you know, do you have anything on the car? But it's, it's literally a case of I've, I'm sort of stuck in a corner where I can't, obviously I can't contact myself and 
the owners club know nothing and so far people anyone that I've spoken to knows nothing yeah and so she's a little bit of a well national woman of mystery in she's, that regard I like to think she's had some sort of interesting history behind her it's just a case of finding it but up, yeah. up until the early 2000s currently she is a complete ghost there's no no history on her whatsoever And so you've mentioned actually that you've started up the Peterborough branch recently and I guess Agnes in her inability to travel too far <laughs> at the moment uh, played a pretty key role in your interest in getting the local branch back set up. Yeah, so the main thing that drove me to starting the branch up was the fact that, like you say, she can't go far afield. Yeah. And locally in Peterborough anyway, there isn't much in the way of well advertised there's plenty of car shows just not much that's well advertised yeah and um, so I was eager to sort of get something going locally that local Morris owners could go to and not necessarily take their car to but go and have a chat with other owners yeah the Peterborough branch used to be a thing and I used to go to it when I had my first Morris I mean it never went because it was a project car but she um was sort of the inspiration behind that and taking her to shows but the it was also a shame in the respect of and as you well know the Peterborough branch closed a couple of years ago under what we've now found is quite interesting strenuous and interesting circumstances shall we say and I don't think in my mind anyway from what I've heard and things like that I don't think it was right leaving the branch closed in such a way and it seems to have gained quite good reception in that the branch has been restarted by someone just yeah. given, given the way it was abruptly closed and people didn't necessarily know what happened and things like that the branch all the MMOC knew was the branch was closed and that was it no one really knew as to why but I thought it would be nice to get something going a bit more local for owners and things like that but also it's not necessarily obviously it's going to be it's going to be registered as a um Morris Owners Club branch but I'm not necessarily aiming to just keep it to Morris Miners purely because I know there's a few local owners that don't that are in the same boat as me necessarily and can't take the cars anywhere far afield and often people have quite a few different classic cars this is it and yeah. so sometimes it's nice to be able to get get them out and have a run and and it's great because a lot of the time we've we've got fantastic stories attached to all of our cars that we're involved in and I know that the few meetings that we've been to so far, it's been nice to just kind of have a sit and a chat this is and, it, yeah. and, and talk about our experiences of owning any classic cars as, as well as... This is it. I mean, we even have one owner. Well, I say owner. He's um, he's a member of the o Morris Owners Club, but he doesn't own a Morris himself. He owns a Rover, but he's stayed in the Owners Club for so long just because he used to have one. And people like that are still more than welcome to come you know it's not a case of oh you don't have a Morris mine and you can't come if you've got an interest in classic cars and you want to chat with like-minded people it's that's what I'm aiming for it to be anyway and it's good to have such an inclusive uh, place for classic car owners to go because I know that there's been a, a few groups and things yes. set up locally that can be quite selective about who can attend events and things like that and that's not really very encouraging to 
those of us who are starting out in the no. hobby and perhaps haven't got concourse cars but want to get out and meet people and, and do things in the local area. There's plenty of young owners out there that want the car but can't necessarily afford a concourse example and things like that. And so, I mean, like Agnes, she's not got the most perfect paint in the world and she's not the most perfect car in the world, but I absolutely adore her as a car. And I think Agnes has also got some pretty unique features in the fact that her paintwork is her original paintwork. Yes, exactly. And so a car is only original once and there's a, an increasing number of people that are definitely fighting for that perspective. Yeah, exactly. And, and getting, trying to support people to keep their cars original. And I think that that's given Agnes a wholly unique charm that needs to be appreciated a little bit more. I mean, this is it. I mean, I was, I've been disappointed a couple of times, especially when she's been, you know, she was turned away from the show because of her look. But at the end of the day, like you say, uh, sometimes the little issues with a car is a car's character. And yeah. I mean, Agnes has all of her little bits like a paintwork and things like that. And, she still get when we've been to shows. She still get plenty of people say, "Oh, you know, it's a nice car and things like that." And, and when she's lacking so much kind of history on paper, exactly. the fact that she wears her history literally on the outside of her—it does make up for it. it makes yeah. Up for it. Loads of, at the time when I first started doing it, there was loads of car parts that people were necessarily, oh, it will, you know, let's scrap it, it's useless, and things like that. And I thought, well, it's a shame because you can't necessarily use it in a car, granted, but they can be used for something else. So I yeah. started out by, I created a sofa out of the front of a Morris Minor. Yeah, I remember the, seeing that in the Facebook group. Yeah, and so I remember how good it looked and also the, like the in progress pictures and then also some of the interesting comments yeah got. so i had quite a few comments where people thought i had literally cut the front off a of morris minor and oh it's a shame you know it could have been saved and i said no it was it was all used so the base frame of it was made using pattern repair panels the only things that were original panels so to speak were the wings and then the front uh grill so to speak was a pattern i didn't want to yeah cut up anything it that was, was usable yeah usable or irreplaceable you know things like that and i still had people comment or message saying not necessarily being aggressive but just saying you know it's a shame that you've done that to a car but it wasn't a physical car in itself it was parts that i'd accumulated together and turned into something which otherwise would have just been a pile of parts frankly yeah and, and it's given a new life to something. And so I, I remember seeing the pictures of the guy that had got, someone bought it off you at yes. the end after the project. Um, and it was so nice for him to have something to kind of go along with his little man cave that was unique and, and a, a, an extension of his hobby as well. Exactly, and the same, the same guy actually bought a 
front, a wall-mounted front clip, which he wanted as a re- replica of his car. Yeah. And that was actually made from the panels from a local Morris that was written off by a um, owner in, well, nearer towards Boston. Unfortunately, his car had been in an accident, and you know, think everything on the car was getting scrapped. So. I basically said, right, I'll take all the panels off the front of the car and I'll use them for this. And yeah. after repairing them, they were used for a replica of the front of this chap's car. So they were all going for scrap. And it's yes, it's not a car, but it's used for something Morris or classic car related anyway. Yeah. No, I think they're great. And you've recently been working on a trailer as well? I have been working on a trailer. It's, it's another thing that I'm aiming to sell. It's taking... It's taking a lot longer than yeah. what I'd first thought, purely because I started taking it to pieces, and as it always is, it's just worse than what I thought it was going to be. But so you, I suppose you could say at the moment I own one and a half Morris Miners. <laughs> We've um, heard that one going around yeah, a few times before. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting there. The idea is it will be by the time I come to say that I want to get it primed and then. Whoever buys it can put it in because I know people like to have it the colour of their, their car colour, to match yeah. it. So I don't want to spray it, and then it limits you know who wants it. So it's just another interesting thing. That's, again, it was a that was a scrap shell or a scrap Morris Minor that was going you know to be cut up, and a chap got in touch with me and said you know this has been registered as scrapped, but do you want the shell? And I took yeah. the shell, I split, I took the parts off it quite literally cut it in half and now slowly but surely making a trailer out of it. No that's fantastic it's good to see someone and also it's really useful for you to kind of get to know how they all kind of go together as a hobbyist for any future projects you this have. Is it. Yeah it's, it's definitely come in handy especially in terms of doing repairs myself because it's yeah. not necessarily a car that I'm driving I'm not so much worried about trying new things on it and yeah. some of it is definitely a learning curve and some of it is definitely horrible to do. <laughs> so it's been really good to talk to you Lewis. You've oh, obviously got a huge passion for the cars and it's great to hear another young owner talking so interestingly about uh, their love of classic cars. Um, there's the age-old question that is asked to every young owner, so I'm sure you've got you've got an answer prepped for us. What is it that you think clubs and the scene and everyone needs to do to get more young people interested in the hobby? I think definitely, definitely, definitely. And a good leading example is actually the Avon branch of the owners' club. Yeah. Is give young people the support that they need because a young person isn't necessarily going to be as mechanically minded as someone that's older give them the, give them the support they need encourage them rather than rather than diminish them for owning something that's not necessarily a concourse machine you know nurture the nurture the interest that they have and yeah. then it snowballs into something greater rather than trying to push it out of the way or you know if you're a parent of someone that wants to own a classic car by all means encourage them take them to shows you don't necessarily have to buy them a car but just nurture their interest and keep it going don't let it 
don't let it die away and be hidden away and forgotten about no I absolutely agree and I couldn't agree more the stuff that I've seen the Avon branch doing I'm so jealous of the things that they they put on for their young owners exactly um, maybe we need to look at that for the Peterborough branch Definitely. as well some good oil change sessions will <laughs> yes. be much appreciated So thank you again, um, and thank you guys for listening. Um, I'd like to uh, remind you to go and check out uh, Lewis on Instagram. Do you want to drop your Instagram handle here, and I'll leave your link so in the description as it's well? The Morris Guy 1960, just all one word, no capitals, easy to find. Just watch out for the Black Morris Miner. Can't really miss it. <laughs> yep. Uh, she's a stunning one, goes by the name of Agnes, which is the name on the account as well. Um, and drive safely and happy motoring.